Welcome to Blessed and Abundant, the podcast that empowers you to stop being average and start living life more abundantly. We are your hosts, Kayla and Mate, and we are so excited to help you live an abundant life, spiritually, emotionally, and relationally. So good. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you guys are not watching the video, you should see us right now. We are both matching in the brightest pink shirts. Brightest pink ever. <laughs> I think pink looks good on us both. I think so too. Yeah, it goes really nice with your skin tone. And yours. Thank you, baby. Love you. <laughs> All right, so let's jump into it after that cheesy little intro. <laughs> so we know from scripture that we are called sons and daughters, right? So when we talk about knowing our identity in Christ, that's what it means. But oftentimes, we don't actually see ourselves living out this life as sons and daughters, right? There are times that we just keep sinning, even though the Bible tells us that we're no longer sinners, or times that we can't seem to step into our calling and what God is calling us into, or just times that we can't give our heart fully to God, even though we know we are his sons and daughters. And we really have to ask ourselves, what is the discrepancy? Because at the end of the day, if we are not living as sons and daughters, then why did Jesus die on the cross for us? We're missing one of the biggest parts of our just whole Christianhood is our identity as sons and daughters and to be in relationship with him. So we want to give Jesus the full reward of his sufferings by being sons and daughters. Yeah. That's so good. We want to give him a full reward of his sufferings. Yeah. I think, as you mentioned, that there is a gap between what is truth and what mm-hmm. Jesus said that is available and what we're living or we're experiencing. It's like that there has to be this journey from our minds to our hearts. Mm-hmm. And when we talk about the journey from our minds to our hearts, the most important thing is identity. Yeah. Like we all know who we are on paper but like are we living it do we know it in our hearts so today i think we're we're gonna unpack all of this uh we're gonna scratch the surface of the identity what it really is but also like give some practical how does it actually look like when we're living or we're not living in identity and uh how what are some barriers and how to actually enter in and live this identity that we have in, in Christ, right? So good. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's let's dive let's in. jump right in. <laughs> okay. Okay. First of all, when whenever you hear someone talking about identity, you're gonna hear Second Corinthians five seventeen. Uh and it says, Therefore, if anyone in is in Christ, he is new creation. The old has gone, the new is here. That means what Jesus did for us on the cross, he did once and for all. Once and for all. He took our place, which means all the punishment, the weight of sin, the death, everything that belonged to us and that we were supposed to carry and inherit, he took on, he took on himself and made this beautiful and divine exchange where he took what we should supposed to have and gave us what he deserved in a way all the blessings the inheritance the eternal life and everything so that we can become sons and daughters mm-hmm. not only that he then sent his holy spirit that holy spirit can live with us so now within us so now we are temples of the holy spirit of the living god and 
we can now live in the identity coming coming to the father without the veil being torn mm -hmm. okay what does this actually mean you know that's like maybe the theology version of it but i think the simplest way to describe it uh, and the plastic, maybe everyday life, is what you're laughing. Yeah, I love it's your new phrase, plastic. Yeah, is, yeah. is it a good phrase? I don't know what it means. Really? Yeah. I think like we say it in Croatia. Oh, really? I've noticed he's been saying it like literally the last two weeks. Like all of a sudden, we've been together for like a year, and all of a sudden, it's plastic is like the number one phrase. So yeah, when something like explained to me in a plastic way, like a simple way. Yeah, super simple ways, like not super... in a glass way. <laughs> do I mock American no, I'm phrases? <laughs> you do actually. I do. I do. <laughs> okay. Okay. So let me explain you to a on a plastic way. Okay. Now we know what it means. <laughs> People now know. That's a saying in Croatian. Okay. Uh. Okay, okay. I need to go back. Sorry. This was too... No, no, it was good. It was good. When you come before God in prayer, if you come to him as... Um, not as a son, but as a slave, <laughs> that means you're not living your identity, you will come as a beggar. You will come fearful in fear of the Lord, not from love, but what is he going to do as a master to <laughs> me? Uh, you will come with your uh, with your deeds and all your works that you've done, thinking that he is your master or he is your boss, and then for your works you will receive your paycheck, you right. will receive your blessing or whatever. That means when I'm not living in my identity as son, I'm living as a slave, like there's no middle ground. Mm -hmm. Either you're living as a son or daughter, or you're living as a slave. Mm -hmm. So that will determine... Am I living an identity will determine how my prayer looks like, how my life with the Lord looks like, how am I approaching things in life, how I'm viewing things, am I worried about the future, where is the Lord gonna, what, what is this, we're living in a constant fear and thinking that we have to make him love us right. or we have to approach with such a great fear and bring something to him because he's gonna punish us, so that's like... And performance. So this is when we are not living in identity. But on the other hand, when I live in identity as a son or as a daughter, that also changes the game completely. Then I can come completely free, knowing already that everything that belongs to him belongs to us too. Mm -hmm. Everything that, as we said, he, uh, everything that he paid, now we have that he that his inheritance is now ours that means that when when i'm praying i can actually relax and fall asleep in his arms mm -hmm. it's like i don't have to strive for anything sometimes yeah we often in prayer we we get sleepy but sometimes it's actually okay to fall asleep because that shows you the level of freedom that you are yeah. because not a single father in this world ever got mad of his kid falling in his arms, right. falling asleep in his arms. So can we fall asleep in his arms? Are we approaching him knowing that it's going to be fine? Are we approaching him knowing that we don't have to bring anything? We only have to bring ourselves because he actually wants to spend time with us. 
Am I living my life knowing that he's already in my future, preparing good things in my future? He's already there opening the doors and preparing my future, preparing something. So these are like some of the basic things that we can discern. Okay, are we living as sons and daughters? Are we entering in and let's say air quotes, using what we have and what is available Mm -hmm. to us? So good. Yeah. And another big piece for us to look into when we're talking about identity is understanding that we are righteous. Mm. And as Mate did, we're going to go through some theology and then practical. When we read this, there's two things I would say that sometimes tend to be misconceptions. We had a teaching on this at GSSM. And I think if you asked any student, this was one of the most impactful teachings by Chris Gore because sometimes we have this notion that you know, I'm, what's the phrase? I'm a sinner saved by grace. Mm. Or uh, righteousness is a right standing with God in the point that like I have to do something in order to be right with him. That when I sin, I'm no longer righteous. And when I'm good, I'm righteous. Those are lies. Mm. So what Jesus did for us on the cross, again, was a once and for all thing. And when Jesus died for our sins, it was for our righteousness then and forever. It was an exchange. Sin for righteousness. We didn't do anything. I wasn't even born when Jesus died on the cross, but I still have that gift of righteousness. And I love when we look in scripture, especially New Testament, the believers, especially in the crazy churches like Corinth and, you know, the church of Ephesus, all these churches, they were horrible people. They did crazy sins, but Paul always refers to them as saints and never as sinners. Because now after Jesus, as you come to Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are no longer a sinner. That is not your identity. That falls right off of you. You are made righteous and you are a saint. When we sin, it's not like, okay, I sin, so now this is my identity. I'm a sinner. We were just acting outside of our identity when we sin. And that's why it's, again, righteousness is not this right standing with God that we have to be stressed out like, oh, now I'm not in good standing with God because I sinned. No, that is when we can go to him with him having his arms wide open for us and for him to reinstill and remind us of who we are as sons and daughters. So this just takes the pressure off to know that I'm not working for righteousness. Mm -hmm. I am righteous in the Lord's eyes, whether I sin or I don't sin. He does not take away my righteousness title. Jesus already paid for it. We now have Jesus's DNA and no longer Adam's DNA. Adam's DNA, we were sinners. Jesus' DNA, we are made righteous through the blood of the lamb on the cross once and for all. Divine exchange. It's done. Mic drop. (laughs) So that was a teaching that, right? It blew our minds because how often do we beat ourselves up when we keep missing the mark, when we sin, when we can't seem to make it through in prayer and focus on the Lord, or we keep lying at work or we keep swearing whatever the thing is that's hanging over your head and you start to feel shame and condemnation and you start telling yourself like i'm a sinner i'm a sinner Mm -hmm. that is a lie from the pit of hell and we know that the enemy is the accuser of the brethren so if you ever feel like oh i'm a sinner oh i'm just a horrible person i'm never gonna blah 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 lies lies it's a lie it's a lie and it's just so important to start just understanding and like you said getting that 
notion from our head to our hearts that righteousness is a gift. Mm-hmm. I don't have to do a single thing for it. Yeah. I'm already righteous and I can work through my problems with the Lord. Because mm. I'm made new. That is so good. It's like, as we always say, living from identity, mm-hmm. not for identity. Mm-hmm. Living from love, not for life. Right. From victory, not for victory. These are big differences. Yeah. Um, and as you were talking, there's, we know we are not sinners. We are now saints. But with that goes a quote that I wrote down. It's in First First John four Love seventeen. It. Mm-hmm. Oh, it says, "Because as he is, so are we in this world." Can we stop and think about this quote again? First John four seventeen. As he is, so are we in this world. That means, <laughs> just I. As he is, so as he is holy, as he is glorious, mm-hmm, as mm-hmm. he is righteous, as he is everything, so are we? And like, what is that? That is amazing. This is who we are. This is our identity. And then, but then, and I love as you as you mentioned the Colossians and Corinthians, because they did the worst things and Paul still calls, calls them holy. To to the holy people in in mm-hmm. like two holy ones, so I love that. And forty six time in the epistles, Paul calls whoever he's writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, actually, not not holy. Like he he says that we are already dead. We are already dead to sin. Yeah. Like this is done. Now we are holy. And I wanted to I wanted to like answer maybe a question that I always had. Okay, if we are no longer sinners, but saints. We are washed by his blood and we are holy. Why am I not? Li- Where is that in my life? Right. Mm-hmm. And I love how Matt Lozano painted it with a, an amazing picture. He said, um, uh, imagine a flashlight. And when you turn on the flashlight, it like shines so bright. But when you don't use it or when the dirt comes on top of the flashlight, you turn it on, like it's not going to be as bright because there's dirt, there's Mm -hmm. dust, there's whatever on top. But on the inside, the bright is still super, super bright. The light works in a way, you know, you just have to scrape the the top. And that is why we are who he says he is inside here, what he already did for us. But sometimes on the outside, it doesn't seem like it because we are not just, we we didn't go through this journey from our heads to our hearts. Or on the other words, we are not spending enough time in the truth, in his presence, so that we are then transformed by his presence into his image, into his lightness, so that what already is in us could now become fully us. Mm -hmm. So good. Yeah. I think there's a misconception, because when we hear the word holy, we think that it means that, like, we don't sin. That's not what holy means. Holy means to be set Set apart for a specific purpose. So again, once we're in Christ, we are holy. We are set apart to be continuously transformed into the image of Christ day after day. That has nothing to do with whether or not you miss the mark because if you are set apart and you're with him, you will be working on those things with the Holy Spirit that are, again, dirtying up the the light, right? 100%. But it doesn't mean that 
I think people have that misconception. They're like, oh my gosh, I'm holy. That must mean that I can never sin. That's not necessarily what holy mm-hmm. means. It means set apart. It means set apart. And we're so, already set apart. We are. Yeah. So it's done. It's <laughs> no striving. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That was so good, babes. Okay. Now I think it's a good time to start talking about what happens or how does it look or what are the signs that we are not living in identity um i like a couple of months ago i had this preaching engagement and when i was thinking i was actually preaching about identity and i realized as i was preparing for that for that sermon for that sermon i realized that i have a brilliant example unfortunately in my life of not living in identity so here's how to look in my life and so i'm gonna say it in a plastic way <laughs> I, I did it on purpose uh doing all the right things but not seeing any changes in your life um that means you are going to church you're doing all the right things praying all the prayers like you really try to have a personal relationship with the lord Mm -hmm. you you are repenting you're working on yourself like you are doing all the right things whatever the lord put on your heart you're reading your bible everything Mm -hmm. but nothing is changing you are still living the same thing or you're still struggling with the same sins. You don't see a lot of fruits in your life because, again, you're doing all the right things. But where are the fruits now, Lord? Um, here's what happened to me. I did, like, a couple of years I lived in that way. Everything was perfect. I was like, I am doing this thing right, Lord. I'm going to do everything perfect. I am going to... Pray as much as I can. Read as much as I, everything that I can. I did. Mm-hmm. No changes. Like nothing. And then what happens? You start to get frustrated. You start to go, why is this not happening? Why is this not working? You know, and then you see other people for them is working, but it's not for you. And it just sucks. It's like, what the heck? Yeah. And what I realized, there was, it was not a problem with the enemy. It was not a problem with my wounds, with my past, that I needed emotional healing in that area, like nothing like that. It was actually, I was, one part of me was living outside of my identity, and what I didn't realize that I could not buy myself into identity because it was already bought by Jesus, like mm-hmm. he said, it is finished on the cross. Mm-hmm. But what I was lacking, what I was not realizing, it was not what I was like doing or trying not to do, it was more entering into. So what I needed to do is shift my focus and shift everything I had and actually starting to realize that I need to enter into this identity. The same as Israelites, they needed to enter into the promised land so they could start living the promise it was there promised land was there it was there for 40 years it was there for for years and years before egypt and after like it was there Mm -hmm. it's waiting it was waiting for them and it was waiting for me but i just needed to realize i need to enter in what jesus what jesus had for me and okay maybe like the question now that that people might have okay like how do you enter in like also what does that mean we're going to talk about it a a bit later we don't want to spoil everything but 
if you think and if you feel that you're doing all the right things, but not seeing the changes, not seeing the abundance, mm -hmm. not seeing the overflow, maybe it's not in what you're doing or not doing. It's more in what you're not living in or you're not stepping in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's good, babes. Yeah. Good testimony. Thanks. Baby. Another sign that you might not be living an identity is if you're not able to walk into the season that God is calling you to. Or if you're walking into it, you're doing it with fear and with doubt and you're trembling in your boots. So God might be calling you into fatherhood, into a new job, into ministry. And for whatever reason, you again either can't seem to step into that or you're doing it scared and you're not believing that it's for you. You're like having imposter syndrome being like, well... Yeah. You know, why did God choose me to be a minister of the word? There are so many other better people, blah, blah, blah. Which leads, leads me to my testimony. And this was a big one for me when I was a first year student at GSSM, right? I had already been saved in the process of sanctification. I knew the stuff about identity, but it wasn't until I was put in a different situation than I was used to. I was out of my comfort zone that I was becoming aware that I had fear and doubt over my voice. And I remember hearing all of our classmates and how they would pray and they sounded so beautiful and eloquent. And I had never prayed out loud in front of people mm -hmm. because it just wasn't like the um, religious culture that I grew up in. And then I just had never done it. So it's like those things scared me, right? And then I was getting stuff from the Lord, either prophetically or in my prayer time, that God was going to use my voice for the nations and he was going to make me a voice for young women. And I'm hearing these things from the Lord that he's calling me into this. But I'm like, how in the world? This is not who I see myself to be. Yet God is telling me this is who I am. And there's a discrepancy in like, how do I walk into that? And I had to go through emotional healing, which I've talked about on other videos, to realize that I was believing lies about myself so he had to show me like mm. no this is not just your identity as a son and daughter but my specific identity your specific identity and it's not like our calling is our identity per se because that can be dangerous too that if you think mm -hmm. that oh i'm just a preacher or i'm just a mother and that's all you are it's not the case but there is a reason that heaven rejoiced when you were born there is a specific calling a specific special sauce a unique thing just to you that god wants you to walk into so when you notice that there's something that he's calling you into that you can't then maybe your story is like mine and there's a lie that you're believing that's clouding your vision from actually seeing yourself the way that the lord sees you yeah. so that could be again an indication like hey <laughs> maybe there's something that i need to work through with the lord because i don't see what you see god True, true. And I think as hmm, we we talk about this a bit in, in one of our other podcasts, but for me and one of the examples that I'm like going through right now is this stepping into the the calling that the Lord has for me as a uh as a husband, as a as a leader of this this family, uh as um as a speaker. Because like this is speaking, sometimes it's for one one person, sometimes it's for thousands. But again, it's using your voice and speaking like similar to to you. And 
when I prayed about it, I felt that the Lord showed me that I was hidden in this bunker, Mm. hiding myself because I felt safe there. And I couldn't get up because I was afraid that when I step out of that bunker that I was hiding in, that literally something's going to hit me in the face. It's going to blow me away. It's going to be horrible. But actually, it was that fear that was preventing me to step out and to step into. Again, for me, it's just a lot of things of entering into something that I already have. and. In different seasons of life, Lord wants us to do different things. One season of life, he's calling you to be this or to focus on Mm -hmm. that. So this is where we need to work to get into. And it's like living in the fullness of your identity is like slowly conquering the promised land as as the Israelites did. Like they entered in, but Mm -hmm. then they needed to this territory and this and this and this and this. And that's exactly what's happening to us and how Lord is leading us. Okay, now you're in. Okay, in this season, we're going to do this and you're going to step into this. Mm -hmm. And he's going to work with you on that part of your identity until you get it, until it becomes part of you and until that's conquered land in your heart. So that's how that's how he 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 works. Yeah. And I think like when we see this come to play, when we're actually living as sons and daughters, we're not adding pressure to ourselves as we're figuring out this new season. The Lord already knows that you're going to make a bajillion mistake. 100%. Right. But he's still calling you into that. So it's having this frame of mind and this mindset to just be like, OK, if God is calling you to you know, speak the gospel, then know that, yeah, if you end up misquoting a scripture or you felt like you were supposed to pray for someone and you didn't, like these little things that happen for you to come as a position as a son or a daughter and just be like, oh, shoot, I missed it that time. Like, Lord, can you help me get that next time and not beating yourself up over it? And again, being like a slave, being like, oh, this was my assignment. I didn't do my assignment well. And now I messed up and like, I'm a screw up. And it's having grace with ourselves to be like, I'm just going to figure it out. And as long as I do my best with a pure heart, the outward appearance that man might see is not what the Lord sees. Like he sees what's deep inside and that I have a pure heart. And I'm just trying. Yeah. You know, I'm just trying. I mean, if you're doing it. Yeah. If you're called to, again, a season of being a husband or speaker where you're starting a new job, just know that it doesn't mean that you have to do it perfectly. Mm -hmm. Like there's grace for you. Mm hmm. Because you're a son, you're a daughter. Yeah, don't beat yourself up. Yeah. Don't beat yourself mm-hmm. up. Um, one other thing that it's also a very good indicator if we are not like living in our identity is if we are stuck in our past mm. and just um we don't see ourselves as righteous in Christ. And we see that with a lot of people see that with a lot of people something they did in the past or something that happened in the past it's weighting them over so much so that it seems that it's greater and heavier and bigger and more stronger than what they have right now what jesus did for them and when when that happens when we're living there's probably guilt or shame or whatever that would be let's say that would be a really good um situation to go through some like emotional healing mm-hmm. or something like to de- 
to dive deeper mm -hmm. because there is obviously some lie and some hurt and unforgiveness or whatever it is that's preventing us to receive the forgiveness from the Lord and to receive his fullness to start living as righteous. Right. Right. So mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, like, I feel like this one is so big, but I don't want to go too deep into this one. Do you have anything to add here? Um, not necessarily. I think, again, it's just the whole concept of lies, right? It's like yeah. either a lie about the Lord or a lie about ourselves. It's just like such a big indicator that, hey, I'm outside of identity yeah. and giving yourself the grace and using the right counsel or yeah. ministry to help you see the Lord's True. truth. I just want to say one more thing. Um, whenever or whatever you are struggling in life with everything like literally everything stems from identity and what oh is that a her package it's our amazon package what do we do we'll be right back we're right back the amazon package has arrived we're good <laughs> so you were telling us that like basically everything kind of stems right yes from... thank you for reminding mm -hmm. me yeah um any issue, any lie, anything that's hindering us, that's weighing us down, like any, any sin that we're struggling, mm. everything, everything points back to identity and okay. actually tells us that something in our identity is still not full, is still not living in truth, and still not, as we use the analogy of the Israelites mm -hmm. and, the, and the land, some part is still not conquered. Right. And we are still not living in it either, even though we are holy, we are set free, but there is still this transformation that needs to happen on the outside for us to be able to show it and to live it. So good, babes. So shall we get into some practical tips Let's for, we mentioned it earlier, like, okay, well, how do we enter in? What does yeah. that look like? I think one of the main ways that we can enter into our identity as sons and daughters is by the renewing of our mind. Yeah. This is so, so crucial. I'm really blessed. It was just like it hit me that this was one of the first things that the Lord called me to do when I gave my life to Jesus was for me to read the Bible from front to back to learn who he is as my father and who I am as his daughter. Back then, I didn't have language for identity. I didn't know that I was going through an identity course with the Lord, but that's what it was, right? So... If you're looking to enter in, I give you a similar assignment, like read scripture, consume scripture. And as you're reading it, ask the Holy Spirit to show you and to reveal the nature and the character and the goodness of God as your father, but also to reveal the promises that are in scripture over your life as a son or as a daughter and to reveal who you are. Like, what is your identity to reveal that in scripture from Old Testament to New Testament? And as you read that, allow your mind to be transformed. We've talked about it in other videos. When we're talking about the renewing of our mind, it takes work. It's not easy. It's going through first to identify those lies with the Lord, taking those lies, renouncing those lies and mm -hmm. saying, uh, no, I cancel you. I don't want to believe in you anymore. Lord, what is your truth? and replacing that lie with the Lord's truth. But it takes work. If you have to say declarations over yourself day after day, moment by moment, this is the work that is needed for us to actually like claim our identity and to enter into our identity 
is to remind ourselves of who we actually are and who our father is. And again, it's work, but as you do the work, it gets easier. Yeah. There were things that I had to kind of just declare over myself again after like my emotional healing sessions to be like, no, like I am a strong speaker. I am called by the Lord. I am chosen. I am worthy to be used of the Lord. And I had to literally declare those things over myself. And as you do that, again, it's like the, what did you say? You had a really good one about like the scientific stuff about it takes like 63. Yeah, it takes 63 days uh, of you like repeating the same Mm -hmm. thing or saying the same thing over and over again for your brain to actually physically create new neural paths that are then going to be your new way of thinking like that's scientifically right so if you're going to do anything instead of striving to do the right thing air quotes do the work when it comes to just renewing your mind this is biblical work we know it it's super important and above that if you're going to enter into your identity the only way you're actually going to be transformed into the image of Christ, the only way you're going to see true change and actually start living as a son or a daughter is in the secret place and it's in abiding in Christ in everything that you do. And we see it in scripture, like we look more like Jesus, we act more like Jesus, we smell more like Jesus when we are in his presence. The secret place is so crucial do not sacrifice the secret place do not sacrifice the time that you have one-on-one with the creator of the universe and to give him your whole self your whole heart your whole being and say lord i am yours make me like you show me your glory show me who you are show me your ways it's the secret place where everything starts ends and everything in the middle is in the secret place but also knowing that it doesn't end there. When you leave the secret place, when you leave your prayer closet or your car or the bathroom, wherever you connect with the Lord, knowing that he still wants to continue that bond with you, that relationship with you throughout the day. We are constantly in union with him, in communion with him, that he is there just being our best friend, being our Lord, being our savior in every single task. We do not live a life separate from him. I'm not a daughter of the Lord only in prayer. And then when I leave my prayer closet, I'm in the kitchen. I'm no longer a daughter. No, I'm always a daughter and I'm always talking to my father no matter what I do. So if you're going to actually see change in your identity, you can't sacrifice a secret place and abiding. Oh, my baby on fire here smoking (laughs) hot. (laughs) I love you. I love you, dude. That was so good. Um, I was like thinking what can i even add to that because as you said that is the main thing where Mm -hmm. our transformation as we look at his face like what we are beholding that that's what we are behold becoming so that is such a big truth that we need to that we need to live in and we need to look at but there is one danger like what i i would say like what i notice with a lot of christians that they they would recognize these weaknesses Mm -hmm. sins wounds or something and then they they would want to work on it themselves Mm -hmm. and what they would do they would start looking at themselves looking at that and 
they would actually not go from glory to glory. They would go from sin to sin, from wound to wound, wound, and they would be stuck in in this cycle of look looking at everything that they're not instead of looking at him, as you say, where actual transformation is uh is happening when we look at him, when we look at his face when we look at the truth this is then what i am looking and whatever occupies my mind or whatever i'm thinking all the time that's what i'm gonna become so this is what i want to do just be thinking about him all the Mm -hmm, time mm -hmm. no exceptions and i want to read i have a quote here from neil lozano i love uh, the lozano family they're our friends they're amazing i love them their books basically neil lozano said our fallen minds becomes focused on ourselves, our needs, our problems, and though we f- and the, the, though we fall deeper and deeper in the living sand of self-analysis. And listen to this: when we focus our gaze on ourselves, Jesus Christ is no longer in the center, but I am. And that is one that is the best advice that we can give you, that I can give you when you're one-on-one with him, when you're in his presence, to look at him. Right. It's not just I'm going to sit apart some time in prayer in my prayer closet and then talk about myself and look mm-hmm. at myself and trying to fix myself and look at everything that's wrong in myself, me, so me, good. me, 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 but I'm actually going to focus on him and he is going to be the center of my attention. And then when, I, when I'm looking and as I'm looking at him, my transformation is going to start becoming because he is the one who's going to do it and not me. And that is how I am going to enter into my identity. And that is how I'm going to conquer that promised land more and more and more so that I can live in the fullness and in the abundance that he has for me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. Okay. Is there anything else we have? Oh, we do have something else. I have another quote. <laughs> <laughs> I love quotes. <sighs> okay. We want to finish with a quote from um dale mast from his book and david perceived he was king the lord was speaking to him and he the lord told him this if you would see yourself the way i do we could go places and then later on he continues to fulfill your god destiny you must see yourself the way your father sees you so many times we see father giving the prophetic word or saying or speaking the truth about us and it's sometimes i would say it like this it seems like god needs to convince us about who we are so that we Mm -hmm. can start believing it and so that we could start living Mm -hmm. it like we need to start believing in the things that he says about us that the bible says about us so that we can we can actually start living it. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And that's what we pray and, and hope over all of you after watching this and listening to this, that this would be your story, that yeah. you would begin to believe what God sees in you and who he says that you are. Mm. And we just thank you so much for joining us. Like this yeah. is, this is like the crux of, I feel like the Christian walk is 
relationship with the Lord and identity. Like That's these it. two things are like the foundation for everything and everything else flows from it. Everything. Right? Everything, everything, yeah. everything. Yeah. So we're honored that we actually got to talk through this with you guys because it's super important. I love you, babe. Thank you. And we love you too, guys. We love you. <laughs> and we bless you and we're praying for you. Bye. Bye.